Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Schoen, and I am joined today by Dr. Bradley Nelson, author of The Emotion Code. Dr. Nelson and I had a really fun and, in my opinion, fascinating conversation around emotions, how they become trapped, what happens to our bodies when they become trapped, and what we can do about them. Whether you are an athlete, a clinician, or a coach, I think you'll find this conversation highly valuable. So let's tune in. Dr. Nelson, thank you for joining me today. How are you? Well, fantastic, Brianne. It's great to be here. Awesome. I'm excited to have you on here. Um, I came across and read Emotion Code sometime last summer and pretty quickly had a drastic impact on my life. And so because of that, I think it can really help a lot of people just getting an understanding of what these emotions can actually do to us with our health, our performance, um, our happiness, and just being good humans. So that's what I want to dive into today. But first off, who are you? <laughs> well, loaded question, right? <laughs> um, I'm, an, I'm, an old, uh, I'm an old chiropractic uh, physician, a holistic chiropractic physician. I started uh, practicing in... Um, 1988 and um, practiced for about 20 years, give or take. Uh, left practice in 2004 and um, uh, actually started writing a, uh, uh, a book called The Emotion Code that came out in um, 2007. And uh, the reason I wrote the book was because I saw during the years that I was in practice that um, no matter what my patients were suffering from, whether it was um, something physical or mental emotion or emotional, whether they had, you know, whether they were dealing with infertility or asthma or digestive disorders or migraine headaches or neck pain or back pain or um, knee trouble or elbow problems, whatever it might be, or whether they were dealing with depression or anxiety or phobias or panic attacks or PTSD or eating disorders or self-sabotage. What I found was all of those patients had something in common and it was that they uh, were dealing with and suffering from what we what you might call emotional baggage and what i found during those years was that emotional baggage is actually uh, a real thing you know we often say things right brian like oh you know that that guy he's just got a lot of emotional baggage right we <laughs> use that phrase usually when we're referring to other people right right thing is right we all have it though we all have emotional baggage and so Here's how this works, okay? First of all, you have to understand, to wrap your mind uh, around this, you've gotta first understand that um, these bodies of ours, even though they seem solid, um, they're really uh, more of a force field than anything else. You know, if you talk to quantum physicists, they'll tell you, yeah, the body is 99.9999999999% empty space. In fact, um, some quantum physicists recently figured out um, if you could take all the empty space out of everybody's body on earth, you could put all 7.8 billion people on earth into a little box the size of a sugar cube. And so, so it, it's, uh, our reality is a little bit of an illusion. Our bodies feel solid, but really, uh, we're more of a force field than anything else. And so what happens is when you're feeling an emotion, let's say you're really feeling a, a powerful emotion of anger or grief or resentment or sadness or something. What happens on a quantum level is that you're feeling a particular vibration of energy. 
And every emotion is its own frequency, its own vibration. Anger is different than sadness, and that's different from frustration. They're all different. But when you're feeling that particular emotional vibration powerfully enough, sometimes it's too much for your body to handle. And so sometimes that emotional energy becomes trapped in the body. And a trapped emotion is literally a ball of energy from about the size of a baseball to about the size of a softball. We all have these. But what they're doing to us is, uh, is really a whole nother thing. Because when I was in practice, like I said, I saw all of those different kinds of problems that people were dealing with that were being caused uh, in whole or in part by their emotional baggage, by these trapped emotional energies. And so, you know, one of the things that I found, for example, was that uh, as a chiropractor, I had people coming to me because they were in pain, right? Um, a lot of them. And what I found was that 90% of all the pain that my patients were suffering from was actually due to their emotional baggage. It was an astonishing thing. And what I found was that even when I would work with people who were professional athletes and so on, when they, I, what I found with them was even when they had been injured on the field, there was emotional baggage that was part of their injury that would interfere with their ability to not only get well faster, but also was a factor in, their, uh, in, in the original injury anyway, because trapped emotions set us up for injury because they weaken parts of the body and they weaken certain muscles and so on, depending on where they lodge in the body. So um, yeah, it's, it's just been an amazing thing. And of course now uh, we have a certification program where we certify people in the emotion code. And uh, we have right around 7,000 certified practitioners now uh, in 80 countries around the world. And they're all finding the same thing, that um, this is a huge piece of the puzzle for humanity. Uh, our emotional baggage is an enormous um, part of how healthy we are, not only physically, but also mentally and emotionally and in every way. When people get rid of their emotional baggage, um, all kinds of things can change and all kinds of things can shift for them. Is that the kind of experience that you had? You noticed some kind of a shift after removing some of your own emotional baggage or how'd that go? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I noticed pretty quick that I just felt a lot lighter energy wise, um, just felt yeah, more open, more clear, lighter. Um, it also based on where they were stored, it made a lot of sense to some medical issues I've been dealing with for the past like two or three years. And just really, there was no rhyme or reason to them. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's that, but what I found most fascinating is Within probably about two weeks, I connected with a colleague of mine who I've known for years, and I've had a couple people reach out from me to me on social media who have been following me for years, who all told me, like, I just had this different energy about me, and I was talking differently. Um, so yeah, both me internally just noticing things, but then externally, people noticing things too is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Well, and that's, that's very, very typical of what people report to us. And uh, it's typical of what I saw when I was in practice too. Um, you know, we have over 10,000 testimonials now from all, literally all over the world about this work. And um, one of my favorite ones uh, I'll share with you right now. This is from, uh, from a man named Justin who is uh, from Romania. And he was working with a, a guy named Mark. He said, Mark was a professional singer and he was having difficulties recording in the last few months. He kept saying his voice was not the same. He was obsessed 
um, by having a lump in his throat, which he constantly was getting antibiotics for from his medical doctor. I told him that we can try a different approach and he agreed. The first emotion that came out, the first trapped emotion they found was discussed from six months ago related to his fiance and it was lodged in the larynx right here. When I asked him what happened six months ago, he burst into tears saying that was the time when he discovered his fiance was cheating on him. At that time, he remembered that from the same period, he started having voice problems. Gee, could there be a connection? Well, after we released about four emotions related to that event, he was feeling way better. And the same day he went into his studio and record, uh, recorded flawlessly, right? So, you know, the fascinating thing is, I mean, if you think about your own life and you think about, um, think about the things you've been through, the emotional experiences that you've had, right? the grief you've been through, the breakups you've been through, you know, the times when you used to cry yourself to sleep at night as a kid, or maybe as an adult, um, you know, we, we all go through these trying times. And for some of us, it's worse than others, but we all go through things. We all have emotional baggage. And so the question that I wanna pose to your listeners right now is, what is your emotional baggage doing to you? Think about it. You know, what have you been through? See, the thing is, as human beings, you know, we're really good at surviving, right? We, bad things happen. You know, we go through divorce, our parents get divorced, our best friend dies, whatever it is, our dog dies, or, you know, we have a really difficult work situation or whatever it might be. And we go through these things and then we push them away and we push them behind us and we try to keep moving. And, uh, we're survivors, right? But the problem is what, the, what our emotional baggage does to us is that it diminishes our lives. It diminishes our ability to function as fully as we should be able to function. See, feeling light, that experience that you related, that's very, very common. That's how we should feel. We should feel light. We should feel airy. We should feel like uh, life is a beautiful experience, but wow, for so many of us, it's much more difficult. And so getting rid of that baggage is so important. And I'll tell you something else. Right now in the world that we're living in, right, where there's so much that is in turmoil, there's more chaos going on now than I think I've ever seen in my whole entire life. And so a lot of people are really having a hard time with it, okay? But I'm telling you right now, it's possible to have peace even with what's going on in the world. How do you do that? Well, if your emotional baggage has filled your glass up to a point where, um, any new thing just flows over the top. Uh, if you're full of emotional baggage, then you're not gonna be able to deal very well with any turmoil or chaos that's going on, right? New stuff, just there's nowhere to put it. So your cup runs over, right? As you get rid of the old emotional baggage from your life, what happens is it gives you so much more room. So when new things come along, ah, you can deal with those. And if you develop new emotional baggage, you can just release that, you know, you use the emotion code and clear that out. So. Um, so it's a, the emotion code is a fantastic way, not only to deal with past stuff that you've been through, but also by clearing that stuff, by clearing the stuff that happened a year ago or 10 years ago, or when you were 10 years old or whatever, um, you're much more able to deal with things and, and your stress level goes down dramatically in the present. So you, or I guess why, 
why do some emotions get trapped and others don't? And is there a way to, in those traumatic instances, whether it's an injury or a life event, is there a way to keep it from getting trapped? Well, yes, absolutely. Um, so here's basically how this works. If you think about the emotional experience that we go through, um, first of all, what happens is something comes up in your life, something happens. Someone cuts you off in traffic, you get a letter from the IRS, um, your boyfriend says he wants to break up, whatever it is, something happens. And then your body starts to produce the frequencies that we feel as the emotions, right? Uh, anger, resentment, frustration, grief, sadness, discouragement, fear, terror, whatever it might be, right? Those emotional energies are actually frequencies that are generated by the body. And so the next thing that happens is you start to feel that emotion that's coming up naturally for you. You are starting to feel the thoughts and the feelings that go with that. And then at that point, you basically have a choice. And you can either uh, allow that emotion then to dissipate away from you and you move on with your life, uh, or you can become really involved with that. So if anger comes up for you, you might choose to really get involved with that anger and really feel that anger and really become enraged by it. That can create a trapped emotion. But there's another way that trapped emotions get created. And that is that um, if you, Let's say, for example, if you were told as a child that anger is a really bad emotion and you should never allow yourself to feel it. If later in your life, anger comes up for you as an emotion, um, you might tend to not allow yourself to feel that emotion and you might tend to stuff that emotion. And then that can also create a trapped emotion and that can also make you sick. So um, swallowing our emotions is what a lot of people would, would refer to that as. So when you're experiencing an intense um, situation and you've got emotions of, um, of maybe abandonment or forlorn or feeling insecure, or guilt or anger or whatever, there's 60 emotions on the list that we use. If you're feeling any of those negative emotions, um, it's okay to feel the emotion. But at that, at that point, once that emotion is naturally coming up for you, it's okay for you to then choose a different emotion and not become really involved with that emotion, but choose a different emotion. Uh, there's a long, long list of positive emotions that you can choose from. And um, there are some other things in, in the very last chapter of the emotion code, we talk about some of the things that we can do to avoid developing trapped emotions in the future. Um, one of those things, one of my one of my very favorite topics there is uh, is forgiveness, because you know we really all want to have peace in this world, right? We all want to be happy. Uh, we want to have peace, and the problem is if there are people in your life that you need to forgive. Uh, until you do that, you're really not going to have peace. And sometimes the person that you, need, that you need to forgive the most is you, <laughs> right? Very true. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, as human beings, a lot of the time we withhold forgiveness because we're trying to get even with somebody. Uh, they hurt us. And so we're not going to withhold forgiveness from them. But, you know, there's a, um, there was a, 
a man named Louis Smedes once who said that forgiveness is like letting the prisoner go, go free only to discover that the prisoner was you. And so, so I've always liked that. So just being aware of our emotions, I think is the, is the number one key, being aware of the emotions that we're experiencing. And those emotions that come up for us are, they're a message from the subconscious mind. And oftentimes those emotions that come up for us are because of emotional baggage that we have. So let's say for example, well, actually, let me tell you a story. There was a woman that came into me many years ago and um, I was working with her one day and uh, a trapped emotion of resentment came up. Now, when we're using the emotion code, we can find when trapped emotions became trapped in the body. And uh, she was about 45 years old, but um, as I continued to test her, we found that this trapped emotion had occurred in high school. And she said, okay, I know exactly what that is. And I said, really, what is it? She said, well, she said, there was this girl in high school. She was a cheerleader and kind of snotty, I guess. And she just really resented this girl. And uh, she said, you know, it's a funny thing, but I'm 45 years old now. High school was a long time ago, but she said, anytime that I, I happen to be thinking about high school and I think about that girl, I can just feel the resentment welling up inside of me. And I haven't even seen her for 25, 27 years. And I said, okay, well, that, that's a perfect example of what a trapped emotion will do. So we released that emotion of resentment. And a couple of days later, she came back in and she said, you know, she said, that really works because she said, last night I was talking with a friend of mine from high school and that girl came up in the conversation. And she said, for the first time in all these years, she said, I didn't feel all this resentment for her. I just really just didn't feel anything. Uh, you know, I just, I remembered her a little bit and so on, but I didn't feel all the resentment. It was really strange. So that's how this works. So if you think about it, I mean, we're all carrying emotional baggage. We, we all have, you know, probably several hundred trapped emotions, really, if we're adults. And um, the more trauma you've been through, the more trapped emotions uh, you probably have. So, but, you know, it's just a matter of, um, of learning this process. It's really simple. Most people can release a trapped emotion in about a minute once they know how to do the process. Anybody can do it. We have kids doing it. Um, and quite successfully, I might add. You know, to kind of share a story with you, similar to that, most, I'm trying to think all of mine. Yeah, the majority of my trapped emotions stemmed from my divorce and the toxic relationship that that was prior. And I had worked probably two years with a life coach. I've worked on a lot of stuff, but there were still some things that were triggers. And probably about four months before... I worked through the emotion code. I had gotten a, an email from my ex and it like automatically triggered me. Um, probably, I think it was a month or two after I released all the trapped emotions. I, he emailed me something and there was like nothing. Just seeing the name on the email, like no, no reaction like I normally get. So it was just very noticeable as far as in that moment on on what that does. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, think about it. I mean, we, uh, we all have emotional baggage until we get rid of it, but what's our emotional baggage doing to us? I mean, think about, imagine having several hundred trapped emotions from all the things you've been through in your life and then trying to navigate life. You can, it can kind of make you a little bit of a basket case as far as 
um, feeling emotions that you don't necessarily want to feel, and it can make you much more emotionally volatile. One of the things that happens is uh, as we start to remove trapped emotions from people, they start to feel um, they start to feel more normal. They start to feel more more balanced and more relaxed. And um, you know, one of the fun things too is that uh, it works uh, it works with animals, and um, that's kind of a fun thing. Um, that uh, that if you have pets, you can clear them as well. Um, in fact, here's, here's a story that uh, someone sent in, a woman named Clara. She said, three years ago, we adopted a cat who was found on the city streets of Albany, the capital of New York. She's been terrified of all noises and clattering sounds. Even taking a fork from the cutlery drawer has sent her racing from the kitchen to the living room, toenails scraping the floor, eyes huge and black. My son acted as surrogate and we asked, so what that means is that um, her son, uh, she muscle tested her son for the cat and how we get answers is through muscle testing. And this is all explained in the book. But anyway, she says we ascertained that she had been struck by a car in Albany. She wished to release the emotions of terror and abandonment. Overnight, she changed. She no longer races from the kitchen with the kitchen clatterings. And she's now starting to sit on our laps, something that she never had, did, uh, had done before. She's more affectionate and calmer. We're joyous that she has progressed so well. Thank you so very much for such a blessing. So. That's we love awesome. uh, we love the animal stories because you know um, there's no placebo effect with animals, and they just get better. So that's kind of fun. Awesome. Curious about something. You mentioned that some of the trapped emotions we get are because of just learned that maybe like anger is not okay, so we kind of trap those and, and bottle those up. Do you notice like? for certain genders or maybe certain sports that you see more trapped emotion, like one type of trapped emotion because of any sort of like stereotypes or biases? Um, no, not really. Um, it seems to be, uh, seems to be pretty uniform. Oh, well, let me, let me clarify that, you know, depending on what people have, have been through, but also depending on what their ancestors have been through, sometimes, we'll find um, emotions that, uh, we'll find them more commonly in certain groups. Um, for example, with people, uh, with black people, for example, one of the things that I have seen many times is uh, inherited emotional energies that have come down to them from their ancestors who were enslaved. And, um, one of the first times I saw this was uh, I was at an event in Los Angeles and there was a, there was an elderly black woman that came up out of the audience and I was doing some muscle testing on her and I found a trapped emotion on her. It was, it was inherited. Now, when I say inherited, what that means is that at conception, uh, we oftentimes uh, receive emotional energy from a parent that they, they might've received at conception from a parent that, and sometimes these go back for many generations. And I found this trapped emotion of panic uh, that was inherited that uh, we, we tried to figure out how many generations back, but it went back to about the 1600s. And she said that, that uh, her ancestors were slaves during that period. And the emotion was panic. And so an ancestor of hers had felt that emotion very powerfully and had passed that down as an energy uh, down the line all the way to her. And um, so I released that trapped emotion from her, which by the way, we believe also releases from all those ancestors. And she said to me, 
I wonder if that's why black men run. Or she said, I wonder if that's why the young black men run. And I said, what? What do you mean? And she said, well, she said, a lot, she said young black men will run from the police even if uh, they didn't do anything wrong a lot of the time. And when the police catch them, the police often say, why did you run? And a lot of the time they'll say, well, I don't know, uh, I didn't do anything wrong. And she said, maybe that's why they run because they have that, that energy in their, in their DNA, in their bodies that uh, long ago they were enslaved. And, um, and I've seen that more than once. So, I mean, think about it. I mean, imagine, imagine clearing out, you know, imagine if you're Jewish and maybe your ancestors uh, experienced the pogroms or um, maybe your grandparents uh, experienced uh, the Holocaust. I mean, there was a book that was written um, um, a couple of years ago about studies that were done on the grandchildren of uh, people who survived the Holocaust. And uh, they found that the, uh, the markers for aging were accelerated over the normal population, that their DNA was a little bit different and that they, their susceptibility to stress was much, much higher than a normal population. And having looked at everything, they, the only thing they could attribute these changes to were uh, that the parents uh, were the grandparents who had gone through the Holocaust. So we, we do inherit emotional energies too. And that's part of this work, which is, um, which is a really fun part of it. Really fun to find those ancient, uh, you know, those ancient emotional uh, things that are passed down sometimes for hundreds of years. Great to get rid of those. It's pretty fascinating to think about too, when you do think about like the things that happen or that we do that we don't really know why we do. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we all have things like that. You know, there are, um, there are things that we do. And if you look at people that you've known in your life, um, for example, um, people who seem to keep continually choosing the wrong kind of person, right? Um, women that choose men that are abusive and they keep trying to break that cycle and they can't. Well, it's oftentimes their emotional baggage that is really driving that, see? And getting rid of that emotional baggage can really shift things. Let's take a quick break to talk about True Nutrition. True Nutrition is a supplement company. And yes, they do have the prepackaged bulk type performance supplements that a lot of companies have. But what I absolutely love about them are their customized options. You can get protein powder with a wide variety of types of protein in it and choose what flavoring you want on it. And along with that, throw in some different boosts to maybe help decrease your inflammation or improve your endurance, improve your recovery, really make it for what you and your body needs. And not only performance, they also have healthy food options as well. You can customize smoothies and oatmeal to really be what you want. So it's a very quick and easy breakfast option or even on the go option. So check out everything that they have at truenutrition.com. And if you use code GYF, you can save 5% on your order. And you can also check out all of my partnerships at getyourfixpt.com partners. And now back to our conversation. 
there was a woman who wrote in uh, once and she said that, um, her name is Beth. She said, I've always felt that emotions are the basis of an illness and doing the emotion go technique confirms this for me. Working on removing my heart wall has given me a calmness, determination and sense of true self that I never felt before. I've always been a very spiritual person with a strong faith in God. The emotion code has allowed me to feel even more connection and clarity. Now she mentioned something called the heart wall. And um, the heart wall is really the most important part of the emotion code. Uh, and it, it has to do with the heart. Of course, ancient societies believed that the heart was the seat of the soul and the source of love and creativity and romance. And, um, and in modern medicine, those ancient ideas are really not given much credence. Um, in Western medicine, Western biology, we know the heart, it's just, it's just a pump, right? It's just a muscle, it just pumps blood, that's all it is. But the ancients believed that it was the seed of the soul and the source of love and creativity and romance and all of those things. And um, modern, uh, modern day diagnostic equipment now is starting to show that what those ancient peoples believed is actually true. They found that the, the heart puts out an energy field, a, a biomagnetic field that surrounds the body that goes out at least 12 feet in diameter and that they think might go on for much, much longer than that. And um, they found that when one person is feeling love or affection for another person, their heartbeat will actually become measurable in the brain waves of that other person and that their heart rates will synchronize. And um, some other interesting things, you know, back, um, back in the 1960s, when doctors first started doing heart transplants, uh, Dr. Christian Barnard, I remember as a kid when that happened, big news, um, it didn't take long before people started coming back to the doctor and relating strange things, uh, saying that their taste in music or food or sports had radically changed. Um, sometimes uh, their handwriting would totally change. Sometimes they would have memories of being in places that they never in their lives had ever visited. And in every case, when these people were connected with the family of the heart donor, they would always find, well, yes, our, our daughter visited Rome every year. That was her favorite place to go. And, and you say now that you have memories of being there and you've never in your life been there. You must have her memories. How weird is that? Or they'd say, well, that's our son's handwriting that you have now. How weird is that? Well, their son's heart's beating in that person's chest. I mean, it's crazy stuff. Well, what we have found is that when you feel like your heart is going to break and you're feeling that, that deep, uh, feeling in the chest that so many of us have felt at one point or another, like there's an elephant sitting on your chest, like your heart is going to break, uh, like, you, like you're choking, like you can't breathe. Um, your heart is under assault in those moments. And the heart really truly is a second brain. They found that the heart is mostly nervous system tissue. And um, they've actually also found that uh, uh, when they looked at the nerve transmission between the brain and the heart, they were expecting to see most of the nerve transmissions going from the brain to the heart. And instead they found just the opposite, that most of those nerve trans transmissions are going from the heart to the brain. And so the brain that is in our heads is obeying the messages that are sent by the brain that is in our hearts. Fascinating, right? And when people tell you that you should follow your heart, um, I think that's probably the best advice that anyone can ever give another person. But the problem is that when we go through an experience where we feel like our heart is going to break and we're feeling those physical sensations, more often than not, the subconscious mind will create a wall around the heart. 
and we call that wall a heart wall. And that wall is literally made from your emotional baggage, from your trapped emotional energies. And you see the heart really truly is everything the ancients believed it to be. It is the core of our being. It's the seed of the soul and the source of love and creativity and romance and everything else. And so when you have a wall that's been put up around your heart because of some event that you went through years ago, you now are living your life in a diminished way because your heart is essentially living in a bunker. And it's much more difficult for your heart to connect like it should to other people. It's more difficult for you to give and receive love like you should be able to. It's much more difficult for you to manifest the perfect blueprint for your life, which is contained in your heart, you see. And so when that wall is taken down, amazing things happen. Uh, people report that their creativity starts to function again, that their creative ideas start to flow spontaneously like they've never flowed before. Uh, people, even in advanced ages, uh, will often report that they have fallen in love. And uh, it's, it's really an incredible thing. One of my favorite stories is a nurse that came in to see me uh, many years ago, right after we discovered this. And uh, she came in because she had neck pain and she'd seen a couple of other doctors for her neck and she wasn't getting any help. So she came to see me. And as I was talking with her and taking a history on her, she told me that she was single and she was never going to date again. And she'd been single for eight years and she was going to die single and she was dead serious and she was an attractive woman she was only 38 years old and and uh, i said well why do you feel that way what happened to you she said that eight years before she was really deeply in love with this guy who dumped her and broke her heart and so in testing her i found that uh, in that breakup eight years before her subconscious mind had put up a wall around her heart a wall made of three layers and each layer was a trapped emotion from that breakup I don't know what the emotions were now, probably grief and sadness and sorrow, things like that. Anyway, so I released those three trapped emotions, which probably just took a few minutes, maybe five minutes. And all of a sudden, when I cleared the last emotion, her heart wall was gone, but also her neck pain instantaneously was just completely gone. And um, she left the office and came back uh, three months later. <laughs> and I'll always remember looking at her she walked in and I'm standing at one end of the hallway. She's standing at the other end of the hallway. And I said, hey, I haven't seen you for a while. How are you? She said, you know, she said, my neck has been fine since I was here. But she said, you cleared that heart wall for me. And that really works because she said, uh, about two weeks after I was here, I found out that my childhood sweetheart has been living right around the corner from me for almost eight years. And we're dating and we're in love. And I think he's going to ask me to marry him. And I thought, wow, what a shift, right? to go from being celibate to almost engaged um, in just a matter of a few months. Um, now think about this, her, her childhood sweetheart had been living right around the corner from her for almost eight years. She had not dated in eight years. Why do you suppose she had never run into him before? He was living right around the corner. You'd think they would have run into each other, taking a walk or driving their car or something. They never had run into each other. Why? Well, because she wasn't open, she had a wall around her heart, you see. So there's this cosmic um, energy exchange that happens between all of us all the time. And um, it's a fascinating thing. Uh, another fun story from one of our practitioners, um, she said that um, her sister had been divorced for about 12 years. 
And um, she had really ne never let uh, her sister work on her. But one day she, she called her sister up, the practitioner, and she said, listen, she said, I, I'm tired of being alone. Um, will you work on me? And so, uh, so they got together and uh, this practitioner worked on her sister, her divorced sister, and cleared her heart wall. It took down all those emotions, took down that wall that was around her heart. Neither one of them told anyone else what they were doing. Um, and this was on a weekend. And by Monday, um, the phone was ringing because men that had known this woman uh, from years before suddenly were calling her. And there were, I think, three different guys, as I recall, that called that week to see if she was available. Think about that. So there's this energy that goes out and it, to us, we can't understand it because it just seems impossible. But um, when you think of the world in terms of quantum physics and how we truly are all interconnected, then it starts to make perfect sense. <laughs> That's crazy. It's, it's, it's just fascinating to just kind of to hear that, but to understand it too, as far as like why with the vibrations and frequencies that all happens. I'm curious because like mental health, emotional health has like for years, it was kind of this thing that you don't talk about, but it's become a lot more talked about. And so people are more willing to go see a therapist, work with a life coach, um, see a sports psychologist, do journaling, meditation, all that stuff. Why do those things not work to clear these trapped emotions? Because you know, that's like the normal thing that people do. They don't understand that there's these emotions that get trapped. Um, what is it that keeps them so trapped that like those other things don't work? Well, you know, that's a really great question. Um, cognitive therapies uh, are great and, uh, and they have done a lot of good for an awful lot of people. On the other hand, uh, in my own practice, I, uh, I can't even count the number of times where uh, I would find emotional baggage, trapped emotional energies that someone had, and they would say to me, well, wait, I, I, spent, I spent a long time in therapy about that. I don't, I don't understand. Um, why is that showing up? Well, cognitive type therapies, they're not releasing the energies that are trapped in the body. They're just trying to help you uh, on a conscious level to deal with what you've been through. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that, that's a great thing. And sometimes even after removing emotional baggage, you still need that kind of therapy. And that's great. It's great that it's available. But, um, but yes, therapies like that do not remove that energy that is trapped. So if you think of it this way, it's kind of, it's almost like removing the electrical charge in a sense that is in your body that is revolving around whatever person or whatever event happened. Um, you know, like the example that you gave or like the woman that I talked about who had the resentment that would always well up when she'd think about the cheerleader. Um, this kind of work comes at the body from a completely different level uh, in a completely different way. In other words, cognitive type therapies work on the conscious level and that's fine. But what we're doing is we're working on the subconscious level. And we're working to actually delete and remove those emotional charges, those, those little dark clouds that are in the energy body. Uh, 
each one of which is a specific trapped emotion from a specific event. And, uh, and when we release those, things change. Um, there was a woman that wrote in, uh, to give you an idea, there was a woman that wrote in, her name is Luana. She wrote in and she said, uh, after having her heart wall removed, she said, the relief is unexplainable to the point of shedding tears of joy for the release of carrying such heavy burdens for so many years. What a wonderful feeling of release that I never dreamed would come true. So um, it's just, uh, it, it, it operates, you see, in a completely different way on a completely different level than all the cognitive therapies. And, uh, and that's why, I, I mean, people can go through therapy. For example, there was a woman that came into me once years ago and uh, she thought she was having a heart attack and she had um, crushing chest pain and difficulty breathing and her left arm was totally numb and the left side of her face was numb. And uh, boy, it sure looked like a heart attack, right? And I told my staff, we might need an ambulance. But, um, but I did some really quick checking on her and found there was a trapped emotion that was part of this. And the emotion was grief. And I traced it back and it occurred three years before. And all of a sudden she burst into, burst into tears when I found that. And she said, I can't believe that's affecting me. I thought I dealt with all that. And I said, well, what happened? She said that three years before she found out her husband had been having an affair and um, she confronted him about it and the marriage blew up and she was really deeply in love with him and was hoping to be with him forever. But that was, that was the beginning of the end of their marriage. Well, um, she spent a year in therapy dealing with it mentally, you know, and trying to get past it all because it was such a blow and um, had even recently gotten remarried. So she was happily married to a new guy and she dealt with it mentally, but here she is in my office and all the outward appearances are uh, that she's having a heart attack. So I released that trapped emotion which just takes a few seconds, just swiping down a meridian uh, on the back. And uh, within sec literally within seconds, uh, the pain was gone, the chest pain was gone, the difficulty breathing was gone, the feeling came back into her arm and into her face, whoosh, that fast. It was really unbelievable. And, um, and that was it. She, she stuck around the office for another 10 minutes and after joking with my staff out front, she went home. And I remember after she left sitting down at my desk and my head was kind of spinning. I was thinking, what in the world did I just witness? How is that even possible? How could a single trapped emotion uh, create symptoms like that that would have put her in the ER? Well, of course, now we know that people die of a broken heart. In the, in the US, we refer to it as cardiac syndrome. In Japan, uh, they actually discovered this. They call it Takatsubo syndrome where uh, a takotsubo is a, um, a bell-shaped jar that Japanese fishermen will put on the bottom of the ocean to catch octopus. The octopus finds it's a perfect little home and they go in there and then they pull them out of the, out of the ocean. And um, what the Japanese found is that sometimes women over the age of 55 who are going through a, uh, uh, an intense emotional trauma will experience heart failure and their heart will assume the shape of this Japanese fisherman's jar on X-ray uh, called a Takatsubo. So they call it Takatsubo syndrome. It's literally what happens when you die of a broken heart. Um, famous uh, football player, um, Doug Flutie uh, from Boston, 
um, a few years ago, lost his father. His father died and uh, he was with his mother in, their father, in, in his father's hospital room. And he'd been dead for about an hour. And his mom went over and leaned over to give her husband a kiss goodbye on the forehead and slumped over dead herself. And so he lost both his parents in the space of an hour. And I think that's probably a perfect example of, um, of someone who uh, died of a broken heart. We now know that that happens. By the way, that woman that I worked on, I think probably would have died of a broken heart. She would have had uh, probably a heart attack, heart failure, and that would have killed her. And um, no one would have ever known or ever suspected that what really killed her was her husband's affair. Think about that. And uh, she's still alive and we're still in touch and she's doing really, really well. That was over 30 years ago now and uh, she's never had another problem. But, um, but when you think about uh, these bodies of ours, these bodies of ours manifest the emotional energies that we're holding within. And um, they manifest as pain and malfunction, as depression and anxiety and diseases of all kinds. Every disease process that I've seen now and, over 30 years has had emotional baggage as a significant component. Sometimes it's the only component of the whole disease process. Um, sometimes it's a major component. Sometimes it's, it's just one of the pieces of the puzzle, but uh, emotional baggage is always there. Every disease process that we experience. So if you think about that in terms of uh, your own self, have you been diagnosed with some kind of a disease? Are you dealing with a disease process right now? Or do you know somebody that's dealing with cancer, that's dealing with some other problem, fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue syndrome or some autoimmune problem? You have to understand there is an emotional component to that illness. And Western medicine is not going to find it unless the doctor has you know, been trained maybe in the emotion code or has read the book. And that's happening more and more now, thank goodness. But, um, but you need to realize that uh, if you ignore the emotional component of the disease, of the mental or emotional uh, or physical illness, then you can do everything else right. Uh, you've got a disease process, you're taking all the right vitamins, you're doing all the right things, you're, you're exercising, you're drinking lots of good water, you're thinking positive thoughts, but if you don't get rid of that emotional baggage that is an underlying cause of your problem, uh, you're, you're fighting a losing game in many cases. And it's so critically important to, uh, to look at this. And when I wrote the emotion code, I wanted it to be simple and easy to understand. And it is, and anybody can do it. And so there's nothing complicated about it. It's very, very simple, very easy. Kids are learning it, kids are doing it. They're having great results, by the way. And um, so you can do it too. There's a site you can go to if you wanna kind of just try it out for free and get the flavor of the book. You can download the first couple of chapters for free uh, at a website that's called emotioncodegift.com, emotioncodegift.com. And you can check it out. I think the first two chapters of the book are there on audio as well. And uh, our main website is at uh, Discover Healing. Com, discoverhealing.com. One thing I'm curious about is when it comes to disease processes, cancer, like those are typically like they're 
building up for a period of time before we actually see symptoms. So it makes sense on why those don't show up until later. Why does sometimes it take so long for pain to manifest when it comes on as like muscle pain, joint pain, that sort of thing? Why are some of those, like those emotions can be years old, but they take like, why do those take so long to manifest and show up? Well, you know, it's a good question. Oftentimes when, um, when pain shows up related to, um, to muscular imbalance, it's most often um, around a joint. The muscles, of course, as you know very well, attach to the joints and that enables us to move around instead of being like boneless chickens. <laughs> like the, there was a cartoon I saw once from Gary Larson. It was the boneless chicken ranch. All these chickens just... Oh my gosh. <laughs> flat blobs everywhere. But anyway, um, <laughs> I digress. But anyway, um, so think about it this way. Let's say, for example, that you have a trapped emotion that, um, well, I, actually, let me, let me share a story with you. A uh, perfect example is there was a guy that came in to see me and uh, he was really in severe pain with his low back. His, his back pain was a nine on a zero to 10 scale. It was really hurting. And uh, zero being no pain at all. And 10 is where you, know, you go to the emergency. And um, he, so he was a level nine. And this had been going on for several weeks and I tested him. And what I found was the very first thing that showed up on him was he had a trapped emotion and the emotion was anger. And so we traced it back uh, in time and found out that this had happened uh, 20 years before this emotion had gotten trapped in his body. And immediately he knew what this was. He said, oh yes, he said, I remember exactly what that's about. I, I was working for this company and uh, it was just an absolute nightmare situation that happened. And I was so angry about it. I was so offended and it was just so bad. So here, so here's what's happened. Here's what happened to him. And by the way, um, once we identified that trapped emotion, I released that trapped emotion from him by just swiping a magnet down his back a few times and uh, the pain instantly and completely left. It went from a nine to a zero in the source of about 60 seconds, just boom, it was gone. And um, he couldn't believe it. He kept walking around and bending over and twisting that way, this way and that way and saying, uh, I can't feel it anymore. I can't, that's unbelievable. I can't believe that. How did you do that? Well, so think about this, okay. When you have a trapped emotion, what is a trapped emotion? Well, a trapped emotion is a ball of energy. It's, if you can imagine a little ball of anger that settled in this guy's back when he was so angry at the work situation 20 years before. Well, he didn't have, he didn't have low back pain right away, but as the years went on, his back seemed to be a little bit weaker. It was, it was an area where he might have trouble. Sometimes he would have trouble and he'd have to take it easy for a few days and it would, and gradually as he got older, he became more and more uh, those, those situations became more and more frequent until finally his back is just absolutely horrific. And that's when he comes in to see me. Well, uh, think about this. Attractive emotion is a little ball of energy. He had this little ball of emotional energy, this little ball of anger in his back. And what it was doing is it was distorting the normal energy field of his body in that area of his low back. And so when you distort the energy field of the body, that's all the body is for Pete's sake. It's just an energy field, really. So when you're distorting that energy field, 
you're actually interfering with the chemical reactions going on in that area. You're interfering to some degree with blood flow and lymph flow and so on. And so finally, after all of that distortion going on, that uh, imbalance in that area of his low back, it just finally reached a, a crescendo. And then I found that trapped emotion and released it, right? Well, because when you release a trapped emotion, it releases that distorting force that is uh, being put onto those tissues. So instead of having those, those tissues being distorted and twisted and imbalanced by that energy, all of a sudden oh, they can breathe again and suddenly the pain is gone. But here's the fascinating thing about this, Brian. A couple of days later, this guy came back into me and he said, you know, Dr. Nelson, he said, my back pain is still gone. He said, I still can't really believe it, but it's still gone. But he said, when I came in here, I had another problem I didn't tell you about. He said, for as long as I can remember, I've basically been what you would call a rageaholic. And he said, you know, I'm always yelling at my wife and my kids and I, I got to watch the road rage and I'm kind of always on, on edge. I got a hair trigger temper, he said. But he said, since you released that trapped emotion of anger for me, he said, I feel really different. I feel lighter and I don't feel so on edge. He said, things that used to really set me off they don't bother me anymore. I said, what's going on with me? How, did, how does that work? And at the time, I, I didn't have an answer for him. But think about this, okay? Here, he's got this trapped emotion of anger in his back for 20 years, this ball of anger, if you can imagine, this ball of anger. Well, what happens to him is that over all those years, when a situation would come along in his life where he might tend to feel the emotion of anger, he would feel that emotion much more readily much more easily than he otherwise would have. Why? Because part of his body is feeling that emotion 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you see. He's got that ball of anger in his low back. And so part of him is angry all the time. And so when we remove that energy, all of a sudden, boom, he feels lighter. He doesn't feel angry anymore. Think about this. Now think about your own body. What if you've got you know, a couple hundred trapped emotions in your body what are they doing to you? What kind of emotions are they moving you towards? What kind of feelings are you being driven towards? That's what these things do to us, you see. And so by getting rid of these, uh, when you get rid of enough of these, it's almost like stepping out of this old suit that you've been walking around in, into this new state of being that is much closer to who you really are supposed to be, who you were intended to be, you see. It's a wonderful freeing kind of thing that uh, uh, you get to come back to who you were intended to be. And then you become a much better instrument um, for healing for other people. And uh, uh, it's, uh, it's really an incredible thing. So it's so much fun. And it's, it's wonderful to me that anybody can learn this from the book and learn how to do it yourself and start healing your own emotional baggage and healing the emotional baggage that your parents and your grandparents and your siblings and your kids have and your spouse has and your pets have. <laughs> I think that is a perfect story and lesson to end this on. Um, so Dr. Nelson, you mentioned your websites earlier. Um, is that the best place for someone to contact you if they want to reach out with more questions or concerns or um, is there a better email they can use? Yeah, um, they can go to, uh, the best place really is our, our main site is at discoverhealing.com. And, um, 
And again, if they want to download, uh, if you want to download the first couple chapters of the book, you can go to emotioncodegift.com. If you want to get the book, just go ahead and get it. It's on Amazon. It's available at all the bookstores, uh, audible.com. We have the, uh, uh, the audible version of it. I, myself, I, I like listening to books. Um, so we did that. So, uh, yeah, those are the, those are the sites. So, well, thank you, Brian. It's been really fun to, uh, to talk and share with your listeners about this work. Yeah. Thank you for coming on here. I really appreciate it. Well, you're so welcome. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. And before I close out, I have two questions for you. Do you feel like you're in a plateau with your progress or do you feel like you're stuck in an injury cycle? Both of these issues are very common and both of them can be fixed very easily. Most often, both of these issues come down to how you're training or more importantly, what's missing in your training. By figuring out what's missing and adding that in, your training performance will improve, your racing performance will improve, and your injury cycle will break. I invite you to get on a free 30-minute consultation call with me to discuss what's going on with you, your life, your training, so we can really figure out what needs to be done to improve that. So head over to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash AskTheOCR doc to book a free call with me. Thank you again for listening today. I greatly appreciate it and I hope you enjoyed this conversation. And until next time, let's go out and be highly functional.